Welcome to the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Coming to you from Dallas, Texas, here's your host, Tim Wilkins. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Wilkins, and today we're going to review the 2023 Royal Rumble pay-per-view or premium live event from the WWE. And today, actually, it's Wednesday at the time of this recording, is probably one of the greatest. This is the Royal Rumble in recent memory that kind of stuck out the most, and it's really great to watch. I had a chance to watch it over kind of a two days over the weekend uh, due to my work schedule, but really it was an, obviously I'm glad I kind of didn't watch it Saturday because from what I understand, it was a pretty long event. So that being said, let's kind of dive into it here a little bit. Uh, this is the beginning of the WWE Royal Rumble paper or premium live event. Uh, it started off with the return on the announcer table on the announce booth of Pat McAfee. Um, Obviously, he's been out with the uh, college football uh, morning show, uh, and he's now returned. Uh, from what I understand, it from future after recording this, it was pretty much a mystery from the two other persons on the booth, and it was pretty much kept close to the vest the entire time. So great, you know, hats off to the WWE for that. Uh, they obviously started off the pay per view. I'm sorry, premium live event excuse me, with the men's Royal Rumble, which unique way to start uh, the premium live event. Obviously, you would think maybe one of the other matches would go first, maybe the Women's Raw Women's Championship, maybe the Bray Wyatt um, pitch black match, any of that. Um, Maybe even the Women's Royal Rumble, but no, they started with the men's. So they started off hot in a sense with hot booking. And just uh, to give you a kind of a spoiler here, Cody Rhodes does indeed win the Royal Rumble match, but the unique challenges that this match presented as at the Alamo Dome, Alamo Dome live in San Antonio was unique in itself because the, the from what it appeared to be, the entryway to the ring was probably about close to a half a mile, maybe a little less, maybe a little, little more than a quarter mile long. So it definitely took them a little longer to get to the ring. And you kind of see that throughout the men's Royal Rumble. Um, I'm definitely going to grade this a, a B. It could have been a little bit better. Um, obviously, in years past, there was a little bit more, um, you know, surprise entries and things along that lines. But it didn't surprise me when certain things happened. Um and obviously, with the winner of the Royal Rumble being Cody Rhodes, I, I was not surprised by any means. The first two components, the uh, first two men that entered the ring were Gunther and Sheamus, which obviously they had some great history there. Uh, great. I'm, I'm growing more and more in love with Gunther every single time I watch him in a match with the amount of chopping and just hard-hitting tenacity that man has because you can see every guy that he chops he leaves a welt on him it's not like a little little smack it's it's a pretty good welt 
So the first two guys were Seamus Gunther. Uh, the match starts to fill up a little bit with Kofi uh, Gargano, The Miz. Um, Miz gets eliminated by uh, Gargano and Seamus. Xavier Woods comes in at six. Um, you know, you have the team of the New Day on there. Uh, you, really, kind of the match kind of filled up with a bunch of under undercard guys. Then Brock Lesnar came in at 12 and started to clean the house a little bit, kind of doing the old Kane spot, as you would call it in the previous Royal Rumbles. Um, Bobby Lashley came in at 13 and eliminated Brock Lesnar, which obviously continues that storyline, which is a unique way to book, but it worked uh, if it's done correctly. Uh, Baron Corbin's at 14. Uh, he got an F5 by Brock Lesnar on his way out. Um, Seth Rollins at 15, eliminated Baron Corbin. Um, Rey Mysterio's music hit at 17, but he did not come out. Um, for, for what I understand, the per at the time of this recording, Rey Mysterio suffered a minor injury. It was not clear to compete at the Royal Rumble event, so they kind of... Uh, kind of ad-libbed a little bit, and you'll see what I'm talking about here in a little bit. Um, the first surprise entry was number 21 with Booker T, which was pretty awesome. Um, Booker hit a, a old-school bookend and did a spin-a-rooney. Then he was, caught, he was thrown out by Gunther, which obviously continues the heat on Gunther um, a little bit there. Uh, Damian Priest is number 22, kind of giving the Judgment Day a little bit of um, power in that match with the amount of people in the storyline or from the group inside the match at one time was Baylor, Finn Baller, uh, Mysterio, and Priest at the same time. So you, you kind of had uh, Edge's arrival at 24 was kind of the, the, the pop uh, of surprises because... Um, First time in the match um, back with Baller, Mysterio, and Priest. But reading reading into this a little bit more after reading some of the dirt sheets and things like that, Edge was asked to kind of join the Royal Rumble last minute due to Mysterio's injury, which it would pay homage to that as well. Uh, Rhea Ripley was um, at ringside at one point during the men's Royal Rumble. Um, and, and edge, edge's wife, Beth Phoenix came in to, uh, take a nice spear Logan Paul entering, um, at 29 kind of ruined it for me. Um, or even Sami Zayn appearing at 29 in this match, setting up a storyline with the Roman reigns that did not happen. Um, just when we got to 30, it was kind of like either you had The Rock, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes was obviously due to come into the match 30. I think the match kind of slowed down once all 30 entrants, entrants were in the ring. Um, I will say that it is kind of refreshing to see Gunther and Sheamus get as much time as they did in that match. Um, being the Iron Man match. The well, last time you've seen that kind of occur was Shawn Michaels and a couple other guys kind of try to do it, but they'd never really succeeded. Um, 
really good, solid, solid match. But obviously, Cody Rhodes wins that match. Um, if you look at the way this, unfortunately, this pay per view is designed, it has a lot of time with these matches, and it just you got a little bit of time in place to go to the bathroom, go get something to drink. You, you got a lot of in between time. So the next match was kind of one of those situations, unfortunately. And I, I, I don't hold it grudgingly against WWE with a sponsor like Mountain Dew pitch black match. Um, the Bray Wyatt and LA Knight. I, I'm not really familiar too much with LA Knight's work other than his promos. Um, but Bray Wyatt, obviously, we all know. It takes him 15 minutes to get to the ring. He's now become the modern-day Undertaker when it comes to the entrance. No offense, uh, Undertaker, but even back when I was a kid, your entrance took too damn long. It was longer than Triple H's intro at WrestleMania, I think, 23 with Lenny singing it. Um, but Wyatt kind of... There was a lot of this match was a lot of the fluorescence, the the mat, the rope, the ring ropes were changed to fluorescent green. There was some kind of looks like confetti used in certain spots. And just uh, to me, it was a little too gimmicky. But, you know, with the way it was done and the amount of time it was given, you would expect a little bit more out of it. And in reality, there was more of an angle kind of built in with a stage after the match was over with Bray Wyatt getting the victory. LA Knight kind of, let's not say stumbles, but he stumbles away. And then he kind of works his way over to this, I guess, built stage. And the Uncle Howdy character takes a flight off the, uh, the stage and lands on LA Knight, apparently, with Pyro going off. And it just... It, it just seemed very, I would say, gimmicky. And that, to me, I, I would say this is probably the worst match of the night because of the amount of just over, in my opinion, overkill. It could have been a lot better. Um, the next match, unfortunately, you try to get the crowd back up on its feet here a little bit because obviously they kind of sat on their hands during that pitch black match was uh, the Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss which it still didn't have a lot of energy to it. Uh, there weren't really many, any high spots or big tense moments. And uh, it really, this was a standard defense of a championship against a opponent who many believe were actually overcome the odds, which obviously is a good, you know, storyline here, but uh, I would say that the, the, the takeaway from this match was the Alexa Bliss's in-ring work is become almost uninspired. And it's not, I don't disrespect wrestlers or what they try to accomplish in the ring, but to me, it's like she was on autopilot. Same thing with Bianca Belair. The match didn't have any energy, um, any hope spots, as they would call it. Um, there was nothing. There was nothing uninspiring about there was nothing inspiring about this match whatsoever. The only thing at the end of this match, obviously Bianca Belair retains uh, the Uncle Howdy character taunts Bliss with the usual line. Do you feel in charge now? Um,
Oh, the other thing too, as well, that's kind of important to mention. And I mean this sincerely is that WWE could have done a little bit differently when it comes to this feud with Bel Air and Bliss. If they were going to give a, a very, I would say about 10, 12 minutes, you probably could have booked another match in there and it kind of give it a little bit of, because the weird part about it is, is that you go from the women's raw women's championship match to the women's Royal rumble. And, uh, Oh, the thing that I'm kind of intrigued by is the women's Royal rumble. I, and this is kind of a scary situation here is that there's many women in this match that I did not know. And uniquely, maybe that's because I'm, I've been out of the product for about a year or so. And I just got back into it in this past 2022. But some of these women I have never seen before, even on NXT. So, um, very obviously, you know, Rhea Ripley I've seen before who, you know, obviously wins this match from the number one position. Um, and Liv Morgan at draw number two, which was a cool way to start the match in my view. Um, Bailey enters at six. Uh, EO Sky and Dakota Kai enter at nine and ten. So basically damage control is going to be the come of the match. Um, Natalia is at number 11. Shayna Baszler is in there. Uh, Becky Lynch is in at 15. Um, Asuka is in at 17. Chelsea Green makes a return at number 20. Um, Ray, uh, Raquel Rodriguez enters at 22. Um, Michelle McCool um, had a nice, cool surprise entry in there. Um And she she got in the match uh, basically from sitting at ringside. She she didn't walk through the ramp. Uh, Nia Jax um, probably I I just don't understand why a spot was wasted on her. Um, she was a very uh, how do I put it in the nicest way? She had very very terrible ring ethic. And the fact that many wrestlers were injured due to her inability to protect them. And so I'm surprised that they not say wasted a 30th spot on her, but there could have been many other entries. Mickey James at 30. Um, anybody. Alexa Bliss at 30. Maybe for a double take. Um, even Beth Phoenix at 30. Uh, Victoria, Trish Stratus, any one of those women could have probably taken that 30th spot. So I think that's where WWE kind of lacked. And it came down to Oscar, Liv Morgan, and Rhea Ripley. And Oscar used a little bit of a gimmick with the spray of mist and hit Liv Morgan. And she got eliminated. Um, and then it came down to. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think Rhea Ripley eliminated Oscar. And then it came down to Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan, which was pretty cool. Um, good, good kind of, I would say, build up into what used to be the feud, that, or I'm sorry, the tag team they had as well. So good, good thing, good match overall, and just 
in my view, there could have been a little bit more participation from the NXT side. There was only, I think, maybe three. It was Dewdrop, uh, better known as Piper Nevin, uh, who came back as Piper. Um, Roxanne Perez and Indy Hartwell were the only three um, It was just, yeah, and, and, and the way they booked number 30 with Nia Jax with basically the enti- all the women inside the match basically coming together and eliminating her kind of just ruined it for us. But overall, it was kind of one of those matches where I ranked that about a B-. minus. Um, could have been a little bit different, but, uh, you know, with maybe maybe one or two more surprises in there, it could have been a little bit more exciting. But you know, it all came down to the main event of the evening, which was the undisputed WWE Universal Championship match, which was Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens definitely at the beginning of this match got a lot of the offense, sentons, corner bombs, fat man slams, as I call them. Um, and obviously the attention got put on Sami Zayn and Paul Heyman, and. This match was a little bit of back and forth, um, a little bit of outside stuff with um, just brutality, I would say. Um, at some point in the match, uh, the referee gets uh, kind of, I would say, messed with, and obviously the referee goes down. Uh, so obviously, with that being said, there was a distraction spot in there with Sami Zayn. And with a chair, and and things along those lines, that kind of does kind of does a hope spot in my opinion for Kevin Owens. Good, good kind of final, kind of go home here. And um, it was a really, in my opinion, a good strong match with the amount of what was going to come here with the angle with the uh, the bloodline and this match. Phenomenal fifteen minutes of of wrestling. But we all knew who was going to win this. But at the same time, the anticipation and the 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 tension was building for what was going to happen here with the bloodline. Which, if you watched it, the Jey Uso atta- attempted to present Sami Zayn with the lay uh, and, and induct him into the bloodline, and Reigns stops him and order the Usos to attack Owens. Reigns, with a widespread smile, draped his arm around Sami Zayn's shoulder. And asked Owens, or actually asked Zane to hit him with a chair. And as Roman Reigns turned, Sami Zayn hit Roman Reigns with a chair. And as soon, I would say within a second or two after Hit the hit, hit a super kick, and it was just a kind of a beatdown. It was kind of a beatdown at that point. And then Jey Uso walks out of the bloodline. So to me, that that match and that angle pretty much took the road to WrestleMania to a different degree because now they have something that they have to accomplish here before Mania or even at WrestleMania, with the WrestleMania being two nights. They have to either culminate the storyline. Before Mania, because obviously Cody Rhodes will go against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania for the title. Or they have to go do the Sammy and pay off the Sami Zayn storyline somehow. And I think WWE is going to have a very unique challenge if they're going to do that. 
overall, the show was a long one. It was a, it was a marathon. But if you can get through the two Royal Rumble matches, you're perfectly fine. Uh, but yeah, definitely worth a watch for sure. It's only on Peacock for $4.99 a month. Definitely worth every bit of money you spend on Peacock. Um, that being said, guys, I appreciate the opportunity as always to uh, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. We're going to have many other episodes uh, this week. I think we have a Raw uh, review coming around, AEW, uh, as well as another one relating to sports. So feel free to listen and follow us on social media, Yankee Cowboy Pod, on Twitter and Instagram, as well as check us out on YouTube at Wilkins underscore esports as well. If you like to watch your quick little glimpse of a podcast on your YouTube channels, feel free. As well, just have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Yankee Cowboy Podcast. Feel free to follow us on social media via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. <laughs>